Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And tonight we are joined uh, with a fellow abolitionist, um, Facebook friend of mine anyway. I've enjoyed his post, but we have Clay Hall uh, over the line uh, tonight. How you doing tonight, Clay? Doing great, brothers. Great to join y'all. Yeah, yeah gl- we're so glad to have, to have you. you. I, did, were you on the first time about a year ago? When we, Okay, I didn't think so. I thought yeah. it was... Dusty and Darren is who I think we had. So now we have uh, the third person here that at least has been very engaging to me when it comes to Southern Baptists for the abolition of abortion. Yeah, it was that conversation that uh, I think uh, might have might have sparked the uh, friend request uh, for us anyway. So <laughs> glad uh, to uh, be friends with you and see what you're posting, see what you're doing. Um, I watched a video of you uh, standing up in the uh in the state wise anyway on the abolition issue, you know, and that was after Dave and I had our time in the state uh, with the uh, Missouri Baptist for the abolition abortion, uh, the the resolution that we brought forward and had uh, hijacked and everything. (laughs) So um, you can tell it's not that we're bitter about it. It's just frustrating. We both left the Missouri Baptist annual meeting before Dr. Moeller spoke because we were both frustrated with it. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) anyway, um, it's not just us. That's the wonderful thing. It's not just us uh, suffering through this. This is uh, something going across uh, the the nation, especially in Southern Baptist life, um, that's hopefully going to be talked about, and majorly it's going to be talked about coming up real soon. So this is why we wanted to have uh, this podcast tonight, and Dave uh, brought everything to light. Dave got this together on a, uh, we, we didn't really plan this until like yesterday or today anyway. So thank you again, Clay, for coming on in such short notice and uh, being available and uh, and wanting to talk about this. But yes, the uh, the Southern Baptist uh, Convention annual meeting will be coming up very soon. Um, Dave has got a great opportunity. He's going to be there. He's going to be able to to meet a lot of people on the abolition side. Um, hopefully, you know, just be another person, another voice in it. So I'm glad that he gets to be able to do that. I don't get to be able to do that, so I get to encourage him pray for him and all that stuff and then you guys as well so dave uh you sort of take this away this yeah, is your baby tonight, i'm so, so excited and glad to do that and so clay um because we did not get you on when we spoke the first time how about you give us just a little bit of a background on who you are and how you got into abolitionism because that's a really important thing for many people to hear and understand who you are. And of course, there is a little bit of peace. A lot of people don't understand some of the Southern Baptist polity. And so maybe explain what it means for you to be a messenger and encourage them how they can do that. Sorry, long, complex question, I know. So you're used to that, though, being a pastor. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so I pastor in West Kentucky. I'm in Paducah, Paducah. which is... uh, pretty close to about five rivers over here yeah. so <laughs> i've been very there wet. and i've i've been in a box truck before they fixed all that on one lane bridges switchbacking over that stuff <laughs> not fun i'm glad they fixed it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fun so um i've been over here about 12 years i was raised southern baptist i remember um you know growing up in a church that 
would have called themselves pro-life over in Somerset, Kentucky. And we would have pro-life speakers come in and our Sunday school teachers would teach on pro-life issues from the Lifeway publishing house. And, but I still remember having a discipleship training class and my teacher saying to me, you know, I, I just am not sure if all of these same pro-life standards apply when the issue is rape. Yeah. Or when the issue is because of some kind of a uh, deformity or something in the baby, and it, you know, that that just didn't sit right with me. Even as an unconverted teenager, I thought, well, that that doesn't seem very consistent. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just put it out of my mind at that point, and then just, you know, like most people, I was like, you know, yeah, I'm pro life. I'm pro life, and we should support pregnancy centers and that kind of thing. And it really wasn't until the um, Planned Parenthood sells baby parts fiasco uh, mm-hmm. with David, uh, forget the guy's name, Dallad, I don't know if I can pronounce his last name, Daladine or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Catholic, I know Catholic you're talking about, who, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he published the undercover expose videos and several in a row and each one worse than the last. And and I was just, I, my heart was broken. I was uh, I, I was speechless. I just felt um, so burdened uh, to realize this was happening on our watch, that this was happening in our country and that it was sanctioned by the government. And yeah. um, and I, so even though I did not vote for, for Trump in that first go round, um, I was actually pleased that, you know, we've got people who ran on promises to defund Planned Parenthood. So surely something is going to get done. And so nothing got done. And I I thought, Lord, Lord, what is, I prayed, Lord, what is the problem here? What is the problem? And it was then that he realized, he, he opened my eyes to show me the problem is much deeper, deeper than the government funding Planned Parenthood. And um, that was my entry point into uh, abolitionism. And I just start, I, I encountered uh, Jeff Durbin and end, end abortion now and babies are murdered here and and uh, from there the AHA guys and uh, free the states guys and it was uh, so all and they do an from excellent there. job you know it's it's so yeah. interesting for me uh, and I don't even know that I've shared this with you or even with Adam you know. I had been impressed with Jeff Durbin and really enjoyed his apologetics to Mormons and to Jehovah Witnesses and his stuff with atheists. And then I saw this whole thing in abortion. Now I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. Like I I'm pro-life. I think abortion is evil. Yeah. I think it's murder. Well, that's why I'm Mm pro-life. But there is an inconsistency there. And that is something that so many people, even when we went to the state capitol and Mike Senator Mike Moon presented his SB 395, I think it's 381, 381. 391. 391. Yeah. See, nines, yeah. ones, fives, they're all, yes. they run together with me, <laughs> right? I'm not a numbers person. And I told the people in my church, like, no, we are not pro-life. We are abolitionist. What, what, what? Well, then it really came to light in the hearing when the very first person to speak was the pro-life guy saying why, oh, we can't support this as pro-life folks. Of course, yeah. he mm. pretended as if he was a neutral voice, which that wasn't true at all. And uh, he had said, and the classic line was, and I think that the free states people might have even picked this up. I don't even know if they had 
but it seems like maybe they were the ones where he basically says, well, I've been fighting this for 40 years. Well, great job. So let's continue to line your pockets. You could get a job somewhere else. Actually, you couldn't get a job if your goal was to accomplish something and it took you 40 years to do it. Yeah. And the, mm. the, the other thing is I, you know, just uh, being on social media all the time, just seeing what, what people are saying. Uh, the issue is, is that side, the pro-life side would go against uh, Joe Biden and he's been how many years is this pro life thing? Forty seven. Forty seven was Joe Biden. Okay, right. But yeah, and then, and then the same number pops up whenever you talk about the pro life movement. Forty seven mm-hmm. years, right? Mm-hmm. And so there, that side is going to be like Joe Biden hasn't done anything and accomplished mm-hmm. anything in forty seven years. Why yeah. give him a shot at being president when he's done nothing in forty seven years? Yet at the same time. Apply you've tried the same something. Standard. Yeah, you've tried something for 47 years and it's not done. That's right. So, are you like a fool? Become like them. It's the proverbs. Mm-hmm. That's the basis of our whole apologetic methodology on this side. Um, mm-hmm. Don't it, you know? This is whenever Jesus says, you know, if you judge with some standards, right? You're going to be judged with like standards. Exactly. Here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Yeah. Now we need to judge righteously. Mm-hmm. And that's what abolition is about. Judging righteously, according to God's righteous standard, which says they're made in the image of God. And what does he say in the Noahic covenant that we're getting ready to talk about next month a lot. And it's going to come up um, that it's a, it's a uh, life for life. If a man sheds the blood of another man by man, his blood shall be shed. And it's that's image the standard. Of God issue. Yeah, yeah. And that's the standard that God has brought us in this that's issue. Right. So, and I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because, you know, the SBC is getting ready to, to take place in the middle of June. Mm-hmm. So we've got less than a month yeah. and there it's, there are a lot of issues coming to a head. And if you haven't, made your plans to go to the SBC. I hope you will do that. There's a lot of important issues they're going to discuss. And a lot. one of the things that they are going to uh, discuss is things that, uh, that they will point to as human rights issues. And they ought to, sadly, many of us in the SBC are not thinking of the greatest human rights issue of not just our generation, but quite possibly in world history, which is, you know, the uh, mass destruction of innocent preborn humans in the womb. Yeah. And um, it's great. It's great that we're addressing, you know, the issues of critical race theory and intersectionality. It's great that, you know, two years ago we addressed the abuse issue and, you know, those are all human rights issues. Um, but let's quit sweeping uh, under the rug, the greatest human rights violation that quite possibly the world has ever seen. You know, we're talking about six times worse than Hitler's Holocaust here. So, Mm -hmm. and it's continuing. um, So lasting many more years than Hitler had to do his damage. So let's judge according to the same standards here. Mm -hmm. If this is an image of God issue that we're talking about. Then let's talk about the greatest issue that is taking lives by the thousands, six, 65 million plus dead since 1973. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we all the while the SBC's patting themselves on the back 
and you know we want to we want to go to the SBC with this question. We want to approach the SBC with this question. The Southern Baptist Convention got slavery wrong. Yeah. Will we be wrong on the issue of abortion? Yeah. Yeah. And, that's- and we want to push lovingly, gently push our brothers and sisters to consider that question. Yeah. Because it comes down to what is a person? And the big issue is whenever we go out there and, uh, you know, new people come into our congregations, we're going to show them Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 and be like, this is your identity. Mm-hmm. You are new in Christ, right? So mm-hmm. why aren't we also applying the word of God here? Mm-hmm. Well, Amen. Yeah. Clay, that brings me forward just a little bit. You know, uh, last year at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting, we took the resolution that you all had written and uh, we presented it. Uh, there were some others uh, pro-lifers who grabbed it too and thought that it would help serve their pro-life means mm-hmm. uh, or goals, and uh, they didn't understand the difference between abolition and pro-life. And that caused, they basically gutted it at mm. the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting. And my question is, and this is, again, somewhat complex, but have there been changes and updates or modifications to the resolution that's on the website? Uh, what are you going to do in the case that someone would? So that's kind of two questions there. Any changes? What will happen if people attempt to modify it? How will that be responded to? Okay. So I think that uh, the, the resolution nine issue that came up a couple of years ago kind of helps us in this regard because they so butchered the original resolution. And once that came to light that the resolutions committee had done this, it really uh, was a black eye on the resolutions committee. So I I think that they're going to want to try to, you know, be above board and deliver the true intention of the resolution. Um, I, I think that quite possibly they, they could, change the res- the wording of the resolution in certain places. Um, we did make a couple of changes, but those were more like uh, maybe softening the tone a bit of the resolution. Um, yeah. Because if we soften, if we soften the tone, uh, it, it acknowledges that if people, if the average Southern Baptist understood the distinctions between pro-life and abolitionism, probably 90% of them are going to choose abolitionism. And it's just, that most of them don't understand the distinctions. Yeah. And so we tried to acknowledge that when we softened the tone a bit. Um, so, but we didn't change any of the content. Uh, the, probably the harshest, the most pushback we've had has been us calling for equal justice when it comes to um, calling for um, the, the mother, the abortive mother, having to face the same charges that any other person who were to hire a murderer to kill someone would face. Um, You know, some people think that that means that we're calling for every abortive woman to go directly to the electric chair um, and skip a fair trial. That's not what we're calling for at all. We're just calling for equal justice across the board. Yeah. Uh, You know, with a trial, with a jury, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's, Uh, that's a really key, key piece because uh the thing is is heartstrings get pulled 
Um, this is what got pulled on Dave and I um, after this resolution was uh, first talked about at the annual meeting here in Missouri. Um, that's where they went. They just went, this is going to call us to treat the mother as a murderer. And then they just mm-hmm. left it in the air mm-hmm. just to hang. And yes, it is weighty. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want sin to happen and we don't want it have to be dealt with like that. But we have to accept that we do live in a fallen world, that there are, we are sinners and uh, sinners are going to sin. And God has given law for mm-hmm. that purpose. We have it in, in, inside of us. We know the truth and we either suppress it or we need to be consistent with it as we are washed by the word of God. Right. But that's kind of the way it happens. And the key piece is there, there, there has to be witnesses. There has to be evidence. There has to be a trial. And it's one of those things. This is where we can find out because the big objection is, well, she could have been coerced into having the abortion because, so we are going to, we got to deal with the intersectionality that's out there and all this stuff here. And the thing is, is like, we'll take things into account. It's, we can't do things lawlessly we can't be like oh well i know this girl she just got an abortion i'm going to go out and stone her you know myself no no purchase per no personal retribution you don't right. have to be a vigilante mm-hmm. things have to be brought up there has to be witnesses there has to be evidences there has to be a trial these are biblical like old testament biblical things that we enjoy as americans borrowing mm-hmm. from the word of god to have our political or our judicial system the way it is totally a rip <laughs> from the scriptures because it is just, um, but yeah. that is a key piece to let people know. And so it's more about informing um, is yeah. what I had to go through is to go through what is our legal processes? What is, how are things getting done? And once that was explained to me, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm totally on board. I get it now. Um, right. But, you know, so that's, that's just a, a key piece that needs to be talked about. Well, yeah, I think, sorry, go ahead. No, Dave. no, go for it. Clay. I think that uh, by and large, the pro-life movement has been reactionary ever mm. since uh, Roe versus, or shortly after Roe versus Wade. They saw that it was very hard to take a stand mm-hmm. and, and to stand there, that they were going to be persecuted for that. Yeah. And so they shifted gears. And so rather than continuing on the path where, where they had started with sit-ins and that kind of thing and uh, large-scale protests outside of abortion clinics, they saw that there was a cost. And mm-hmm. so they, if you look at, I mean, John Piper was doing this, uh, Randy Alcorn was doing this, you know, all the evangelical leaders, uh, well, several of the evangelical leaders of our day were, were taking a stand and they were suffering for it. Yeah. Well, since then, what they've done is they've they've backed up and they've said, let's listen instead to the to the pro-choice folks and let's just uh, tailor make our strategy to what they're saying. Mm. And one of the things that the pro-choice folks were saying is you don't care about women. And so pro-life people have been so pigeonholed into thinking we have to show that we care about women. So now for the average pro-lifer. It seems wrong to them to say that we should call for women to be, uh, for women to be, uh, go to trial for the same crimes that any other murderer would face if she goes to abort her, her child. And the question that we have to answer is, 
you know, a lot of pro-life folks are co-opting the term of abolition, the term abolition these days. Definitely. Um, And the question that we have to answer is this. How do we realistically expect abolition to happen if we are not willing to uh, prosecute women for the crime of murder? We can call it murder as many times as we want, but if we are not willing to say that this murderer needs to be prosecuted for the crime of murder, then really it doesn't matter what we say. Our actions are speaking louder than our words. That's right. Very inconsistent. Which We have have to take a stand on that. Then it kind of moves into this concept. At the Southern Baptist Annual Meeting, each of the entities give reports. And... Mm -hmm. Each of those entities report to messengers that are sent from the churches like you and me, or if Adam's church wanted to send him and he could go, he could go. He's a member of a Southern Baptist church. And so what is the game plan that you all want to get out? Those of you who are big in the organization, give us your your ground plan for how this resolution is hopefully to be passed and what's going to be done to even engage people in that conversation? Yeah, so we uh, we still are in talks about our strategies and that sort of thing. But here here's the gist: uh, we want abolition to be kind of unavoidable at the SBC mm. meeting. Uh, of the thousands of folks, we want every conversation. We want every person that was there to be able to say, yeah, I saw those abolitionist guys too. What was that about? And I want, our goal is for, you you know, in all these conversations that are, that are happening for someone to be able to say, oh, I talked to those guys and here's what they were saying. Or I, I heard these guys make a motion or I heard these guys ask a question or I got a pamphlet from these guys or I got Mm. a a card or I read their resolution. We're just trying to uh, not in a, not make a nuisance of ourselves, but we want to be a strong enough presence at the convention that, uh, that we're unavoidable. So yeah. some ways that we're going to do that, uh, some I already mentioned, we are going to print out copies of our resolution because by and large, most people have not read it. And so we want to be handing that, that out outside of the convention and also um, quite possibly in some areas of the exhibit hall, we might be, uh, we might be there with permission of some of one of the exhibitors. Yeah. Um, uh, we also want to um, be um, questioning the entity heads and that sort of thing. Once they give reports. Uh, I mean, if this really is the issue that Southern Baptists have historically claimed that it is, you would think it would need to be dealt with, um, by the ERLC, by the North American Mission Board, by the seminaries. Um, I mean, just consider the Holocaust, for example. What was the Lutheran church doing while the Holocaust was going on? Well, they were still meeting. They were still having their conventions. Yeah. Um, the, where was the discussion about what do we do about this human rights violation? And by and large, the vast majority of them had already uh, said their allegiance to Hitler. And so there was no discussion of it. So if we really do believe what we said we have, what we have said, that abortion is murder, um, then what is being done about it? Yeah. So so you're, you're really relating this. Are we going to call, who are we going to call King is what you're asking. That's exactly right. Is it, is it Christ or Caesar? Or in this case, is it 
Christ or the legend or the judicial branch mm-hmm. of our government, just one mm-hmm. of the three branches of our government, <laughs> you know, which one's mm-hmm. King here. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. That's exactly right. I mean, I, I fully expect if, if the, so for example, look at the issue right now before the Supreme court, it just uh, hit the news cycles today about the Supreme court uh, that they're going to hear the Mississippi ban about uh is it it's 15 weeks i believe you're not allowed to abort a baby over 15 weeks in mississippi and uh they're going to hear that case which was struck down at a state level um so you know the pro-lifers are saying yes this is our chance we're we're going to be able to the there's a chance now that the SCOTUS is going to give us what we what we want. Um, okay, so I mean, are we gonna are we gonna say, hey, this is a major victory? The Supreme Court says that now you can't kill any babies over fifteen weeks of gestation. Um, should we really be excited about that? Um, does that or is that actually an unequal standard? Is that actually is that actually justice? Is it actually equal protection? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think by and large, if they ruled in favor of that Mississippi law, I think by and large, most Southern Baptists would see that as a good thing. Oh, and yeah. That comes from, from the leadership down. Um, and so we have, we have a log in our eye as a Southern Baptist convention. Yeah. And it is time for us to remove the log from our eyes so that we can see the speck in, in the eye of our culture and to judge rightly. Mm-hmm. Well, Clay, give me a little more of the way people can support what's going on, because everything you've said is exceptionally important. If I am a Southern Baptist here in Springfield, Missouri, who's listening to the Taggart podcast, or I'm a Southern Baptist in Illinois, walk me through the process of getting involved with you, because the things you've said are, are powerful. I think the analogy between the Lutherans and what was going on in Germany is so important. But, okay, you've inspired someone. What do they do? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have a website, and that's kind of our hub, and it is Southern Baptists, plural, Southern Baptists, abolishing abortion.com. So if you go to that website, from that website, you can see the resolution, read it for yourself. You can see a few articles that we have written, um, kind of see where we're coming from. You can fill out a contact page uh, if you want to email us or contact us directly. Uh, you can add your name to the resolution. And, you know, we have a, a running list of people who are adding their names to the resolution. Many of them are Southern Baptists, and that gives us a, a larger voice. The more names we have who say we support this resolution, especially if they're Southern Baptists, but it's not limited to Southern Baptists, helps us to have a larger voice to be able to say to our leadership, you know, this is something that Southern Baptists value and believe in. Mm-hmm. Um and so from there, you can, uh, if you are interested in, uh, in supporting what we're doing at the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting, some of the, there, some of the things we're planning to do will require some funds. 
Um, we are hoping to give out a couple of books and a booklet. There are excellent books, uh, The Doctrine of Balaam by C.R. Calley. And if you've read that, I, I don't know how any pro-lifer could refute the, the, uh, the claims that he's made in that book. Very well researched and well documented, well argued. Um, so we hope to, to give out at least uh, 650 copies of those at the Southern Baptist Convention. Also 650 copies of the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. Mm, um, great book. We've had that on the show already. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're hoping to give out um, some copies of that. We are also hoping to give out um, some of the copies that of the booklet that Free the States just printed um, called Are You an Abolitionist? And I just... Uh, I just saw a testimony this week of a of a brother who is at First Baptist Jacksonville who shared with uh, a guy in his church, shared a copy of uh, Are You an Abolitionist? And he said, you know what? I think I was an abolitionist and just didn't know it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a lot of Southern Baptists. If they just had the, the, the material placed in front of them, I think that they would they would uh, agree that they are abolitionists. So all those things cost money. Um, so we're working on raising the money to get those. The, the publishers have been very good to us, and they're, they're giving those things to us basically at cost, yeah. uh, maybe yeah. even taking a loss in some cases. And so we're blessed because of that. Also printing, printing costs and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and so, so yeah, I I I was gonna just uh, go mention it, um, the 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 deal is with uh, Tag Your It. Uh, we just wanted to make our platform available for you guys that are live with us right now, um, who are listening to this podcast. Anyway, um, I'm going to make a link available for uh, donating and everything. And so, if you designate uh, your donate donation when you hit that button, you could pretty much just go to the donate button for uh, the Did God Stutter book. Anyway, it's kind of a general. Donation donate button designate it for SBAA and we'll make sure all the money that comes in goes directly to the SBAA so you can donate through us um, if you do donate through us uh, Dave has put up his invasion of the word snatchers book um, in PDF format so if you know you will give you a free um, invasion of the wood word snatchers PDF file um, for your donation of any amount designated to SBAA um, we'll relay all those funds over to them so they can help pay for these uh, books and pieces of paper that they got to print off uh, gas money, get whatever they need um, to just get to the convention and be able to um, do these things. Cause really I'm just going to let you know with me, the understanding was I had to understand how laws worked for me to really like, I was an abolitionist and I didn't, I, I, I want, I didn't mind women being treated as murderers if they are murderers. I had no problem with that. I just didn't know that the pro-life um, position was they actually created laws that make things harder. So they're mm -hmm. actually working against themselves whenever mm -hmm. we didn't have to do that from the beginning. Um, so that was, but it was information. I did not know how this whole legal system worked with this. And that's what gave me the final like nail in the coffin. Like, wow, this is really mm -hmm. bad. And so we're going to have to throw bodies at this. And, and, and people are going to have to get informed because this is, there's a system issue here, a whole thought process that has to be grasped when it comes to understanding what abolition is. And it's not a simple thing and we cannot oversimplified. We can't let the other side oversimplify it either. And that can only be done if we talk and we have to talk no matter how hard it is to talk. 
And who cares if people don't care if they walk away, you've still talked. And remember, God is the one who produces the heart. Amen. So that's the big issue is we try to keep everything imminent and we forget that God works and that he is working to his ends and his word will not return to him void Amen. and justice will be had. And mm-hmm. he has given us uh, the command to have justice now as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that, that being, I just wanted to make sure that people knew that you guys can donate. We give it to those guys um, and help them out because they've made, they've, they've brought Dave and I in anyway to be, you know, to, to just to talk about it here in Missouri. So even though, um, you know, we, we had to work through our bitterness um, and, and do all that stuff. But we, we worked through that in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, mm. that there is an eternity, there is a whole nother level to our reality that we know about and all that kind of stuff. So we're not bitter anymore. Um, mm. but we still got to work, um, and, and be faithful to the God that we serve. So two, two things, Clay, because I think this is important. Not only do we want to encourage people to donate, you've given uh, anyone who would want to donate an understanding of what they're donating to, which is really important. But what about the guy who isn't Southern Baptist? Can he go to the convention? Or what about the Southern Baptist guy who's on the edge? Can he still register? What could he do? Yeah, Both that's of those great. guys, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, there are some cases where uh, you can register as a friend of the convention and go as a, uh, as a guest of the convention. But uh, far more valuable than that is if you are an abolitionist-minded person and are willing to talk to genuine believers who genuinely love uh, Christ and want to submit to Christ as king, and, but they just have a disconnect. They, they would call themselves pro-life. If that's, if that's you, if you want to talk to those people, please, please show up at the mm-hmm. Southern Baptist Convention, June 15th and 16th. And we will be an organized group of folks standing outside of the convention, talking to folks as they're entering and exiting the Nashville's uh, downtown uh, Music City Center there in downtown Nashville. And we're going to be talking to folks, engaging them in conversation. And you do not have to be a, a, a Southern Baptist to do that. And yeah. so we would encourage you to come and to join us. We're also going to do something kind of unique. We're going to do a open air preaching uh, conference. And so we're going to, it's just a one hour brief conference. Each, each preacher is going to have just a, a short window of time, but we're going to have some great speakers who are going to be speaking on abolitionism on the street there short. Uh, it'll be around the lunch hour of that, uh, that the 15th. So the, that Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So Brett Baggett will be bringing a message. Uh, Darren Stead will be bringing a message. Mm-hmm. Dusty Devers, John Speed, uh, a couple other guys that uh, are not as well known, but they are, man, they are awesome uh, street preachers and they are, they are powerful uh, preachers of the word of God, John Smith and Kip Farrar. And so we are looking forward to, to that as well. And let me just encourage you guys. I know, I know it's incredibly discouraging and I, I went through a similar discouragement in Kentucky, though not to the degree that you guys did. Um, but I'm sure you guys are familiar with the story of what happened in with the Oklahoma Baptists mm. and Blake Gideon as the president of the convention. <laughs> and Blake Gideon was the 
the guy who wrote the letter that was sent out to all Oklahoma Baptists saying, this is why we don't support this abolitionist bill in Oklahoma. Um, and he outlined all these pro-life reasons to not support the abolitionist bill. And Blake Gideon was willing as a favor to his former pastor to sit down with, with John Speed and to have a conversation about the differences. And by God's grace, he opened his, he opened Blake Gideon's heart, first pastor of First Baptist Edmonds. Um, and he, uh, he changed his position and he, he was very public about it. And now he's a signer of our, our resolution. Nice. And so praise God, man, he, he changed his hearts. And, you know, it, like you said, it is God who changes hearts. Yeah. So a person who wants to get involved, they'll see you all. Where will they see you and how could they connect a little more directly? Because uh, I might have someone ask me, I mean, I'm fortunate I've got your phone number, uh, which mm-hmm. is great, but maybe there's one or two folks who are listening to the podcast still kind of teetering on the edge. Uh, what do they do to contact you all? Where do they meet you all so that they can even help participate? Okay, great. I think probably the, the starting point would just be to go to our website, southernbaptistsabolishingabortion.com and click on the contact link and just um, contact us from there and then we can go from there. All right. Awesome. One other little piece here. I apologize. Yeah. You wrote this great article on your website there for southernbaptistabolishingabortion.com. Why do we need another SBC resolution on abortion. And one thing that was so interesting about this article was the Lifeway research that you quoted, one third, 33% of Protestant women who have had abortions are Baptist. So Mm. give us just in brief why this is so important as far as another resolution, because I hear the statement and I've heard it from others oh, resolutions don't accomplish anything. They don't do anything. Uh, What is such a big deal about a resolution? Why specifically Southern Baptist? Mm -hmm. So um, that that statistic is heartbreaking, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Assuming that that statistic is correct. And from what I have encountered at the abortion clinic in Nashville, where I go as often as I can, which isn't all that often, I'm two hours away from, from my closest abortion clinic. Um, and what other folks that I've talked to, they will say on their way into the abortion facility, God will forgive me. Mm. They know, they know that what they're doing is wrong, but they have been taught cheap grace. Yeah. And because, because statements of theology matter, they have, they are forming their opinion about what they may and may not do yeah. and for what it means for them to be a Christian. And so what we're making in, a, in this resolution is we're making a theological statement mm-hmm. and what it means to be a Christian. And that is why resolutions matter, because just as the law is a tutor, just as the law is a teacher, um, the statements that we make are also tutors. They are also teachers. Even though they're non-binding, they are theological statements. This is what it means to to follow Christ. This is what it means to declare Christ as king. And so we're trying to change the the culture of Southern Baptist life so that we're not seeing one-third of Protestant women uh, going to have an abortion claiming to be Baptist. Yeah. Uh, We would 
love to see that change, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things as a Baptist, I like, I want to see uh, Baptist be Baptist and be about, you know, regenerate congregations again, too and uh, church discipline. And so this is really, I mean, that that is a very um, heartbreaking statistic, if true, but it does go to show you that Scripture is correct, that his people he judges first. Yeah, and, and disciplines I'm glad you brought first, that. And, and, and yeah, go for it. I'm glad you brought that church discipline thing up. This reminds me, David asked, Dave asked, what are you going to do if, if the resolution doesn't, uh, isn't put forward? Um, I mean, there are, a few things that we can do. We can, uh, we can, um, say that we, we can bring up a, as a motion that we do not accept the resolutions that were put forward, um, by the resolutions committee. We can make that motion. Uh, we could also bring up, um, as a motion from the floor to hear a resolution that the resolutions committee did not bring. Uh, but you mentioning church discipline reminds me of, the many, many times that Tom Askell brought forward the resolution regarding uh, church discipline before the Southern Baptist Convention, and it was rejected and rejected and rejected, and then finally it was accepted. And what did that do? That generated conversation over and over again in the Southern Baptist Convention regarding the importance of church discipline and a meaningful church membership. And so... We're not going to see it as a loss if they don't bring forward this resolution. What this means is, hey, this just gives us an easy platform to keep talking about it and to keep bringing it again and to keep the conversation going. So, yeah, yeah. What if the resolution, so that was, what if the resolution doesn't pass? It's at least causing conversation. And that is what we need because the Southern Baptist Convention is a convention of the churches, yeah, uh, for the churches, by the churches, through the That's churches. Right. Yeah, we just can't keep uh, this like an autonomous congregational uh, monologue. Like you know that we need to keep this from being like, well, this church over here talks about um, abolition. Here's a pro-life church, and all, and they all just like argue amongst themselves and edify themselves. You know, this brings it into the broader. Um, you know, a bunch of autonomous churches coming together cooperatively. How are we going to cooperate on this issue? Um, and it does cause the conversation. And, you know, um, being a post mill dude myself, you know, this is how the seed goes from being the smallest seed and 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 sown and it grows into the biggest tree that all the birds come in and nest in right um so you know i'm i i kind of describe things as i'm not incrementalist in in principle i'm an absolutist in principle and i stand on my principles um and then it works out from from that and you know Mm -hmm. instead of compromising on the practice um, and, and that, and, and the, and the principle or whatever, the, the compromises will happen, um, just mm-hmm. naturally. And we don't have to force that issue, but we have mm-hmm. to stand, we have to be absolutist. Here's the truth. And we've got to only fight for the truth and get rid of not truth. Um, that's, and right. that's the absolute, that is the abolitionist position. That's right. And, yeah. and you know what, you don't have to be a theonomist to believe those things. You know, one of the, one of the objections that I heard from a uh, moderator of a Baptist group that I'm in when I presented this resolution for consideration in in the group, um, one of the objections from a moderator was, well, this is theonomist and Baptists historically reject theonomy. 
And, you know, <laughs> that right there, yeah. you could, you could debate, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, you apply that, apply that reasoning to slavery, you know? Yeah. Okay. When people put forward the, uh, the idea that we should abolish slavery, are you going to say, no, we shouldn't abolish slavery because you're a theonomist. Um, I think your thinking is flawed. If that's, yeah. if that's your reasoning, if you don't want to get pigeonholed into a certain theological camp, so you're not going to do what God commands his people to do. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah, problem. That's just an ad hominem to try to skirt the issue, red herring, all that kind of stuff. But that's just the way us, uh, sinful, uh, fallen people argue. So to be expected, <laughs> Well, yeah. Clay, I just want to thank you again so much. I can't promise that uh, Taggart's going to have a big, yeah. big thing of cash to give you. Uh, historically, probably not. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that we got that out there. We really appreciate your time so much. I'm looking forward to getting to stand beside you um, there at the Founders Conference at the little booth we'll have there. That, that's correct, right? And yes. then likewise, I look forward to being there at that many open air conference, such a great creative idea. And likewise, um, I look forward to sitting down with a few other abolitionists, uh, possibly that Monday to do a little brief program. I'll have my computer and my headphones and my, uh, my microphone. So it'll be, it'll be good. We're, we're hoping, uh, that's yeah. Adam and I's gonna, plan at this particular yeah, point. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out on the fly. This is a very informal podcast and we'll just keep it that way. I mean, we'll just keep our standard up. <laughs> so awesome. anyway, but yeah, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, just the quick turnaround and everything that, um, that's come up, but yeah, if anything comes up, uh, with the, with SBAA, uh, between now and then, and you, you need a, some, somewhere to put it out in a podcast form, we're always open. So, um, you initiate, if you feel that you need to initiate something, um, even afterwards, it'd be awesome, uh, just to get your take on just how the convention went. Um, pass or no pass um let's talk about what's going on and if it doesn't pass how we move forward have that kind of discussion so um anything that you got please uh, feel free to initiate and uh, we want to talk about it on our podcast too just to keep like you said the conversation let's keep it going so yeah amen brother thank you guys for having us on having me on and uh i just pray I pray and I ask you guys to join me in praying and everyone listening to join us in praying that yeah. this would be the time when Southern Baptists would stand up and say, without exception, without compromise, uh, we're not going to have any exceptions, uh, promote any exceptions in our laws. We're not going to yeah. compromise with sin or evil. We're going to have a biblical, biblically consistent position and we're going to defend life as much as we're able as God's people. Yeah. So, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Clay. Well, usually when we close our program, we say soli deo gloria. So uh, generally, Amen. Adam will I'll start, start us off and you end it with the big old resounding gloria, right? That's right. Good enough. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for your time on the live cast. Everybody that's downloaded this thing, uh, thank you for being a part of it. I hope that it's imparted something to you and that uh, you guys get involved um, through prayer. Prayer is not uh, trivial um, like the world would like you to have pray. And uh, if that's all you can do, it is awesome. And your God wants to listen to you. He wants to hear you and, and he wants you to hear you um, in your heart 
for the unborn in this situation. Um, so please pray, um, pray for hearts to melt at the convention, um, that the truth of God uh, will be declared and that the church will stand up. Um, you know, that the Baptists section of the church will stand up uh, for the rights of the unborn and that uh, we will, we would champion, you know, not murdering people and that mm-hmm. we would, you know, I mean, it, it's, it sounds like a joke, but that's the sad truth. It's not. And, but we need to, you know, we need to turn that around anyway. So pray, um, get involved, uh, become a messenger, go vote, go support these guys as they're behind microphones and handing out stuff. So with that said, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.